I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. Okay, Sarah, I need to vent right now. Do you mind yes. me just digging in? You know, two minutes before we jumped on the call, I pulled up the run list and you had added Sarah Vents onto it and I was so excited. And then I added Sarah also Vents. So we'll we'll each have a turn. You go first. Oh, good. All right. So I maybe maybe some listeners will have some feedback. Maybe you'll have some feedback that helps me manage the situation. But really... I think this is going to be cathartic to vent. Anyway, all right. So uh, backtrack to a few years ago, Mm -hmm. there was an injured athlete who asked to borrow, do you know what an elliptigo is? An elliptigo. Oh, I've heard this word before. I just can't quite. Yeah, it's it's like an elliptical trainer kind of thing that you can take it out in the roads. Anyway. We, we, oh, wait, 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 is it like the, is it like the thing you're like out on the road, like you're moving forward, but you're like moving your, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the most, uh, it's the closest simulation to running that you can get in one of the kind of elliptical type machines. Yeah. And you can set it up on a trainer. You can take it outside. So anyway, we, we lent it to this athlete and this was a few years ago. And I'm like, you know what? I could really, I could really do with that right now because as I'm coming back from this foot thing, you know, like, because I just had surgery recently, I don't want to do too much running too soon because you don't want to overload that joint. That would be great to have that back. Like, I wonder if I can get it back. It's been a few years. This is not an inexpensive thing. Uh, So I, I emailed this athlete like, Hey, you know that elliptica we we lent you years ago. You wouldn't happen to have it still, would you? She writes back. She says, uh, yeah, so it's made its rounds around Boston to like a whole bunch of different injured athletes. But yeah, I still have it. I still have the trainer. I write back, great. Any chance I could get it back anytime soon because it'd be very helpful with recovery. No problem. I'm going to come up tomorrow. You know, I'll drop it off. And like, hey, it's not that much of a rush, but it doesn't need to be tomorrow. But it would be great if it could be within the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. So I hear nothing. I get a message a couple hours ago. And this is why I need to vent because it's still very fresh. (laughs) Oh, so I am going to be going out west soon. And it doesn't fit in my car. And if you or Ben can come down and pick it up in Boston, that would be great. <laughs> I, I, are you serious? For multiple years, years, you have borrowed something from us, didn't bother to return it. And now I have to go down to Boston and pick it up. And I said, hey, could anybody else bring it up? Uh, and that's kind of where we've left it. So I don't know. I'm very annoyed. Yeah. Very annoyed. Oh, borrowing things is like, 
that's a whole thing. This is a whole, I bet our listeners have a bunch of stories like this because it's a whole, like, I've also been on the other end of this. Like I've had, you know, like back in the day of like DVDs, stuff like that. Like someone lends you something and you're like, where did this come from? Right. Not an elliptical trainer. It's not small. <laughs> no. <laughs> like I would remember where that came from, but I think like we're all a little bit guilty sometimes of like, or a book, like where did this mm. book come from? Shit. Like, like write your name in your book if you want it back kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I obviously like I'm with you. Like if you, especially if someone's, if someone's borrowed something for that long also, like yeah. there's probably a tendency to think that it's theirs for them to feel like it's theirs. Yeah. So like, it, sorry, I'm probably relating to your, uh, to the, to the perpetrator of your, <laughs> of this crime too much, Sarah. Well, <laughs> I feel better for just having rented. Um, yeah. But yeah, she knows it's not hers. Yeah. So we're we're not talking like, oh, I wonder where I got that bull. Oh, maybe it was a present. You know, you know that something like that is not yours. You did not buy it. It was not given to you. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. I'm sorry. And so this was presumably this was to help you rehab from your surgery. Yeah. And now you're like several weeks into your well, two weeks into your rehab, three weeks. Yeah, I, I haven't been gin, given clearance to do that sort of thing yet. Oh, okay. But I just feel like it would be really nice to have it back. Yeah, yeah. So the moral of the story is if you borrow a, a large piece of equipment from someone, <laughs> when they ask for it back, just like take it up to their house. Yeah. Or down to their house, whichever direction it is. Don't don't make them go drive six hours to pick it up because that's oh six hours. That's well, an by the time you story. go to Boston and back from here, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe five hours still. Yeah, round trip. Yeah, I was the lender, not the lendee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope you get it back. Like next, let's mm -hmm. let's follow up next week. <laughs> I'm actually still I actually still just want a video of you like out on the road like I'm I'm picturing something that's really comedic like out on the road with like that, that like moves around with like and your arms and legs move like on an elliptical trainer but you're oh you look you look absolutely that. ridiculous which is right. why I prefer <laughs> doing it on the trainer um right. it's been a few years since I've used it so we we actually had this when we lived out in the sticks Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating to me. It was a bit of a social experiment because uh, it's totally weird looking. I don't even know how to describe it. Like you look like a praying mantis or something falling <laughs> around. And it, like nobody ever sees something like this. And it was the, it was the, I mean, this is, this is me with my own bias. I fully recognize that. It was like the, um, you know, the rundown like pickups and like, the trailers, like people sitting out front, they were the ones who were like cheering me on. They're like, go get it, girl. Like, that's awesome. We have no idea what you're doing, but it looks pretty cool. Uh, I, they didn't actually say that. That was my interpretation. But then like the Priuses would be like honking and mad at me because I'm taking <laughs> up the road. So Priuses, yeah. Typically, not the other vehicles, <laughs> no. mostly the Prius. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's what got stuck in my mind is the Priuses were mad at me and like the pickups were like yeah this is you on this weird looking vehicle <laughs> okay so when you do get this thing back I want a video for our audience could we get that from you we could put sure. it on our story we could do it we could do it I'll awesome. go around the neighborhood 
in my dinosaur costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need this dinosaur costume, full elliptical outside outdoor. <laughs> like this is like this is my life's only desire now. <laughs> like I want to see this. Oh jeez. Well, we'll see if I actually get it back. Okay. Okay. Well. I feel personally um, invested in this process now. Um, so I, I hope you get it back too. Um, okay, coming up on the show, I also have some venting to do. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Feisty Women's Performance Summit that happened last weekend. Um, and we have a vaccine voicemail after this. Every day there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. So Sarah, I also have a little venting to do. I'm just going to pull up my chair closer here to get, <laughs> to get the full effect. Okay, so this happened the day after our summit, which like is kind of funny. Like, so we, when I tell you the story, you'll see why. Um, Ellen, who lives in Victoria here, and Lindsay, who also lives in BC, and I had decided we were going to be together on this weekend of, Ellen's already in my bubble. So we brought Lindsay in on this weekend of the summit to make it, just more fun to be hosting an online summit and to be able to like um, troubleshoot together too, which actually I'm really glad that we did because if something's going wrong technically on a virtual summit and you're uh, and you're like sitting by yourself in your house, like try <laughs> trying to work out how to work the buttons. Um, so we did have a couple things that we needed to troubleshoot that I'm glad we were like able to communicate in real time um, face to face. Um, anyway, so, so the day after on Monday, we went for a bike ride. It's my first bike ride in like, probably seven or eight months I hauled the cross bike out from the like by storage like dusted it off literally there's like dirt on there from over a year ago anyway so I don't I don't have anything like I don't know where my stuff is like I don't know where my tire levers are my tubes nothing right so like oh like on the trail there's a bike shop on the way out and um and we'll just stop and I'll pick up like a co2 cartridge and a tube and like all feel and they didn't have they weren't that prepared either so I just didn't I think we had one cartridge and tube between us so like we couldn't have more than one flat or we'd be stuck and I'm like you know what let's just figure this out so we don't get stuck so and, and bike shops okay I need to preface this with like bike shops sometimes get a bad rap for being for not treating women very well um and I try to be like like I actually like in this particular occasion like didn't even think about that like, I feel like that's something that's changing. It's been a while since I've been treated badly in a bike shop um, or looked down on. I think that's what it more is. Like, sometimes there's a little bit of a condescending tone mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that, like, a lot of women have stories like this, right? So 
we go into the bike shop and it's called like green mountain something like the 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 logo of the bike shop looks like like it looks like a weed plant like a hemp plant leaf like it like like i when i walked in like i think i i'm like is that guy high are those people high like i think that i think he might have been high <laughs> so like i'm not clear but i walk in there's three people in there two of them ignore me one's a woman sitting on a stool the other guy's working on bikes this other guy like he walks and he's like I said, I need a spare tube and a cartridge. He's like, what size of tube do you need? I'm like, 28 by 135. He's like, really? What? Like, and he can't hear me and we've got masks on. And I'm looking at his eyes and I'm like, I don't think he's, again, I think he's high. He's, and he doesn't believe me. I tell him again, what size tube I watch. He doesn't believe me. He goes outside to check my bike to make sure that it's the right size, that I have the right size tube. <laughs> I'm like, I know what size tube my cross bike needs, thanks. Um, we come back inside and then he's like, he's like, I'd rather sell you a patch kit than a tube. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's not 1995. <laughs> that was a I'm like, I don't want a patch kit. I want a tube <laughs> for my bike. He's like, tubes are on, um, tubes are back. Like, I guess he can't get tubes in because of COVID. Like, so he's like, tubes are, there's tubes are in high demand. They're backlogged. Da, da, da. We can't get many, but clearly he has tubes. Like, cause I can see them. Right. So like, he's like, I, he's essentially telling me he doesn't want to sell me a tube. And I'm wow. like, I'm like, who are the special people who get the tubes that are for sale here? <laughs> like, what is happening? He's like, I'm really sorry. I just, he's like, and then he starts giving me advice, save all your tubes, buy a patch kit. You can't get tubes anymore. Right. And I'm like, except here at the bake shop, I could get a tube because <laughs> there's one right there. <laughs> like. So he just didn't want to sell me a tube. Um, and yeah, and in the end, I like, sometimes I'm sometimes I'm not that good in these situations. Like I'm not as feisty as mm. like, maybe I would like to be. Like I think of the best lines afterwards, right? So like, I just kind of, I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I'll just have the CO2 cartridge then. <laughs> so I buy the CO2 cartridge and I leave. And after I was like, mm, should I have demanded the tube? Like, Oh my no, gosh. but I'm just like, I'm like, I either like, like when you're in this position and you either have to start, you either have to go like, no, sell me a tube or not. Like it was weird. I didn't, it was very weird. Um, and I left like very, I think I was more just like, what just happened? Like, That's so bizarre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you clearly didn't make the cut for people who look like they're allowed to buy tubes right like there was some kind of immediate judgment <laughs> on whether i was worthy of a tube and i was not <laughs> like, just just imagine if you'd gotten the tube size wrong then he'd be like yeah you can't even have a patch kit <laughs> yeah he, like, it's over just get me. out of here lady yeah, you just you deserve to be stuck on the trail <laughs> like, so i take it nobody got a flat so nobody got a flat. You it are very high. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I like joked like on the way back that we should send someone to the shop and be like, like one of my friends, my friend is stuck out on the trail. <laughs> we need to buy a tube for her. <laughs> like, I, uh, anyway, I, I, it was very weird. Like, I, I honestly, I still have a little bit of like, what just happened? Like, I was, I was not, I was judged to be untube worthy. Yeah, that's annoying. I'm sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Give them a bad review. Exactly. I thought about it. 
be like, oh, I should go on there and be like, these guys won't sell you a tube. <laughs> like, and it's not, you know, it's like one of those situations where it's like, you're, you know, you're having like a, an experience that's kind of like intersectional. Like the lack mm. of tubes is real, mm-hmm. right? Like he doesn't want to sell tubes. He doesn't have to. Right. Um, I also bet that if I had been, um, like if I had been like, what would you call it? Like if I had been one of his friends, mm. like one of like the male roadies who like regularly comes in, he would have sent, sold me a tube. Yeah. Like there's like, there's like levels, you know, like the fact that I'm female isn't the only thing happening there, but it's definitely included in his brain space of, of whether he's going to sell me a tube. There was a calculation and you did not cut it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the wheels of his brain, you know, like that, you know, those big spinny wheels that are like, (laughs) beep, 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 boop, no tube for you. (laughs) Uh, okay so enough about tubes let's move on um we did have our feisty women's performance summit sarah i saw you in there a few times on the platform what did you uh what did you watch this weekend oh man so uh most of my viewing was on sunday uh what's great is that i've already started digging into what's recorded because you know as we talked about last week part of the problem is that well not problem but when there are simultaneous talks, mm-hmm. uh, that's the benefit of recording is that I can now go back. Um, yeah, so I watched, uh, let's see, basically all of Sunday, the panel I went to was uh, barriers for girls. Was I'm trying, trying to think of your clever name for it. Uh, breaking down the wall. Something oh yeah, like that. barriers for for including girls in sport. Mm-hmm. Um, Was it Shonda Crawford and Gabriella? Yes. Uh huh. And then, obviously, I watched your little finale thing and the little dance party, which made me extremely happy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was terrific. Uh, let's see what else. And started off the panel that day. Really loved that. I thought that was absolutely terrific. And uh oh, the panel on belonging yeah after alexandra's uh talk mm-hmm. and then um what else am i missing did you I have any know. takeaways i did okay. so what i think you managed you and your team managed to do so well is just highlight that it's the love of sport and being active that brings us together and allowing individual voices to shine just to show that you know it's it's not i don't even know how to put this right but like not focusing on individual groups of people to be like oh we we need to be more inclusive in sport but just recognizing that people bring different stories different backgrounds to sport but it's it's the it's the love of sport that that brings everybody together that i did a terrible job of summarizing what i really liked um but i think i think so often when you get um you know voices from marginalized communities especially like in endurance sport we we have the tendency to want to have them talk about what it means to be a role model in X, Y, and Z. And that's a lot of pressure to be putting on individuals. Mm -hmm. And just by letting people tell their stories, 
that in of itself is deeply meaningful. You don't need to add additional, you know, meaning to what they are doing. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That totally. If if you can let me re-record all this, I know what I'm trying to say. Um, so I just I thought you did a great job of bringing a whole bunch of people across sport. You know, emphasizing that endurance sport or not, it's just we are women who we self-identify as women who uh, a group of sorry we are a community that self-identifies as women who love sport. And that's the important part. And it's celebrating, it's celebrating the different backgrounds and, you know, the progress we're making and like everything that's rich and beautiful about the community. Uh Yeah. I did a horrible job, but I I I heard it though. I think we we all heard it. Yes. Oh, geez. I think Sarah, like, um, I love that you just said that because some of those choices on our part were a little bit intentional. Like mm. we, in choosing Myrna on Friday night, Myrna Valeria, the Myrnavator, to do our opening keynote, and then Alexandra Houchin that, that you saw on Sunday morning, yeah. um, we intentionally chose folks who were like actively using like their story and telling their story as a way to like bring people into a conversation. Um, as opposed to, I mean, there's like there's, as opposed to using a baseball pad, really. Um, mm to try to bang people over the head with um, what needs to change. Like, I think sometimes the people with the baseball bats are, are needed and have, have a very good points to make. Um, but I think for me, um, a lot of like, so for example, um, if I'm thinking about Marna and like when she tells about her experiences of being like a black woman in a bigger body out doing ultra racing on the trails, um, she, a lot of her experiences of uh, people saying sometimes even well-meaning things to her that make her feel like she doesn't belong. I feel mm. like I can relate to those things a little bit because I've been told micro bits of those things as a woman in sport. Mm-hmm. Right. And so anything she says that draws me even further into her experience helps me understand like uh, what it might be like to be in her shoes. Right. And if I can do that, then then we're winning, right? Like then we're going to be able to like anyone, or if we can drop sports leaders into that conversation and help them understand, then we're going to start to be winning. And it's the same with like Alexandra Houchin. Um, I loved her when she, at the end, I actually created a social media clip about this last night. So I was revisiting her talk. Um, But when she talked about bringing her identities together, like bringing her identity as an Ashinaabe woman into um, her cycling and cycling as I think the talk was called cycling as ceremony Mm -hmm. Um, because that's something that's not immediately obvious how you connect two cultures that are completely separate like endurance sport and her like Ojibwe culture those are probably two things that sit very separately in the the world we currently live in right and um, I found that I could really identify with like with how she like she and then she found that she was more successful as a human when she was able to create for herself a meaningful way of making cycling ceremony um her her background and then making bringing her endurance athlete back to her uh back to her culture as well um so i for me i like i related to that a lot because i i have a i, I like i spent 
let's see, most of my teens and 20s, like not in Canada, right? So I feel like I have these other little pieces of my identity that aren't, like they don't belong in my Canadian identity. Um, so like I go through life with like these pieces hanging loose that like nobody understands or like don't have anyone to talk to about it <laughs> or like it just feels like it doesn't doesn't belong. So like that idea of being able to bring your other identities into the thing that you do um, is like something that made me think a lot about how we then change the space. Yeah. So well, am I making sense? I feel like maybe totally. I'm not making sense now. Totally. So what one of the things I loved about... Uh, what she does is, you know, she's doing these ultra mountain bike races in jean cutoffs and steel toe boots. Mm -hmm. I just, somebody who's willing to challenge the, you know, the assumptions we make about what an athlete is. And that's, I think that's really, that's really the core of what, so half of what you did so successfully. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the other half is, presenting really great information but I think we do constantly have to challenge especially in a sport like like triathlon where it's presented so homo uh geniusly mm -hmm. um is that we just constantly have to push back against that and ask ourselves you know why why can't you be wearing steel toe boots yeah in a mountain bike race why can't you be bringing your your individual you know, culture and, and tradition into what you're doing. Yeah, it's like Myrna saying, like, I bring I bring my big black ass into spaces where people tell me I don't belong. Exactly, like, yeah. And, and that's, like, I think that that understanding that, like, if we are our full selves in the spaces that we inhabit, we will change the space. Yeah, so for somebody like Myrna, she, she shows up and, you know, she very, she visibly looks different than the other people she's racing with. Mm -hmm. But I think it extends beyond that. Like it's, it's beyond something where you can't just disguise who you are. It's ignore, it's just getting rid of that desire to be like everybody else to fit the, the status quo and being okay, just being who we are mm -hmm. instead of fitting into whatever preconceived notions we have about athletes in whatever sport. Yeah. And that's, you know, we define feisty as like, being unapologetically yourself in, mm. in at all times um and I feel like we definitely and and part of it's honestly just like a lucky roll of the dice that we talked to these speakers and they ended up being sort of right on the money with that um, yeah with that piece and then like you say like we that was sort of intentional too like the breakout sessions were more specific drill down learn really specific things like the more more of the academics and the science on on a particular topic um and then the the break or the main stage speakers were more kind of like inspirational overall thought well just thought yeah absolutely I, I i think i think you and your team did an amazing job especially considering you pulled it off under two months right mm -hmm. very yeah. short time frame um and you know, I, I look forward to because it, it sounded like uh, the future iterations of this, you'll always have a virtual component. And I, I love that. I, I think that's one of the positives from this COVID era is realizing that by providing these sorts of resources virtually, we make sport more inclusive. Um, I mean, to the extent that you still need 
the technology, you still need the connection. Um, but removing that barrier of entry, the, you know, being able to actually physically be someplace mm -hmm. is a huge is a huge challenge for people. But to be able to in the future, have them attend virtually. That's massive. I love yeah. it. I'm looking forward to being able to provide like some kick-ass like hybrid events, you know, so people who can come can have the social interaction and the networking and folks who want to stay home and learn or just have the recordings later can also have that. Um, yeah. So. But there, there also was a pretty active uh, community aspect, just how involved people were in the, the chats and I know there was a whole bunch of networking that was going on. So it's, you're, you're able to do that even virtually, which yeah. I, is pretty awesome. I thought that was really impressive. Like for our attendees, like 108 people. So we have all the stats in the back end of the platform, which is called Hopin. Like you can see what happened and where the most, where people spent their time. 108 connections were made on our networking piece. So that means like 108 people went in there and were willing to be like randomly like speed dating for five minutes with someone that they don't know. Um, I, I think that's super positive. Um, and I love that everybody like got on board and participated in that. Um, the other thing that really worked well with the expo booths, it's something I think we could have done better is like people could go, our sponsors could be live in their booth at certain times. Um, so not everyone took advantage of that and we didn't really understand what it could be, but one of our sponsors, she, she did like a live fashion show like during, <laughs> like during the break, like, like off the cuff, like she hadn't planned this and other people, like I could see in the chat, other people were like, Corey's doing a live, <laughs> a live demo of her clothing line in her expo booth and people went there and watched it. And I'm like, Oh, that's how you make good use of like your expo booth is you have a thing happening at a certain time. And then like people can drop in and watch it and talk to you and you can be on the camera with them and ask them questions. And Oh yeah, that's that's really smart. Yeah, I I have to admit, I I wasn't totally sure of how that worked, um, but then again, you know, I was I was so focused on, you know, trying to attend some talks. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun to work with with sponsors because obviously that's a whole whole new world for them as well. Yeah. But but now with with more planning in advance notice because it was so short, you can brainstorm with them to how how they can maximize, you know, their their presence. Totally. Like we had for outspoken for our triathlon summit at the end of the year, like last year before shutdowns, there was a bike company who was who had offered to bring in like a truck with like a fleet of bikes to the event so that, that people could ride. Like they were like wanting to be either like more engaged with the event as it was rather than just have like an expo booth standing there. Um, or like, I, I think this is where the hybrid thing works really well. Or if the company doesn't have resources like that to send like a fleet of $35,000 bicycles to an event, um, then, you know, like you can provide value in that virtual booth where like nobody has to. So it's the same kind of thinking as with, um, the attendees as well, like mm -hmm. they could get good value out of like, we're doing this thing in our booth online. We could even like put it up on a screen mm. for people who are in IRL <laughs> in the room, um, on the main stage or something like that. I think there's lots of, um, possibility there that I've now seen now that we've kind of done it once. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I should say before we finish this conversation is that, um, you can buy all the replays. Like we're, um, you just have to go to the to uh, women's performance summit.com. Yeah, women's performance summit.com. And 
you can link there to like just put your email address in. And when we're ready to, we have all the replays in there. I think as an attendee, you already have them, right, Sarah? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I think special. You are special. <laughs> and it's worth it, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've already been watching them. So it is totally worth it. And I, I think uh, you said it's going to be available for a year. The recordings will be available for. Yeah. So what we decided to do is create, like turn this into like a subscription Um program so like the other thing you'll have as an attendee is like you'll be like we're gonna have a monthly expert so in April we have Erin Carson because uh, a lot of people she did a, a morning workout um, and we got such good feedback from it but a lot of people had missed it at the summit so we'll have her as like an expert and we'll do a live talk just with that group right so essentially we'll be we'll run summit like talks you know, monthly in a private group, as well as like all of those videos being available, the summit videos and all the expert videos as we go along. So that's going to be, um, you already have access to that. Um, but the, in a week, a w probably from the day this is released, probably about a week to 10 days after we're going to open the doors up on that too. So folks can like still watch the summit and I'll see all the new things coming in. So nice. I am stoked. Nice. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm for what it's worth. I'm I'm super proud of you and your team for doing this. But it has it has tired you guys you all out. I'm sure. Yeah, we're all we're presumably we're supposed to be taking Wednesday to Friday off. Today's Wednesday. Oh, um, for me, you're on more break just, right now. Like yeah, like I don't have meetings. I only have fun things like recording with you. Um, I'm also going through all of our applications from my. <gasps> Yeah, uh, from, we got a lot of applications for the new job, the feisty operator job. So, oh, sorry, that's <laughs> making loud noises in the background. That does sound like work, though. It is work. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's like almost impossible for me to take time off, but I will try. Yeah. Um, but also, I want to say, oh yeah, the new podcast, Sarah. We're yes, so we're doing like a performance-related podcast. It's called the Feisty Life. Um, and I'm going to host that. And that's going to be like, again, like weekly conversations about like how we can get the best out of ourselves and thrive as women, um, active women, um, more or less. That's the broad, broad topic. So um, I'm going to be looking ongoing for people to interview on that podcast. I'll probably interview quite a few of the people that we already had as, as speakers and um, dive in more deeply uh, on some of their topics. And I'm actually pretty excited uh, to get started on that and start like, um, I'm also going to do some, some more writing and stuff. So yay. That's great. You know, why, why not add more to your plate? Of course. Totally. The, the difference is of course, with that podcast is that you will have to prepare. We'll have <laughs> to do some research. Yes. I know. And very few animal stories, I'm guessing. <laughs> I know. It's probably, probably very low in the animal stories. I know. It's, uh, I don't know. have to be I'm... professional. Oh. <laughs> we might have a professional intro. We, yeah. All of the things. I know. But we st we'll still do this podcast for anyone who's like panicking right now and wondering. Because <laughs> that's yeah. like the most common question I get when I say this. But are you still going to do If We Were Riding with Sarah? Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When else would you get to vent about the random bike shop people? Right. And, you know, not getting your lip to go back. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is our half therapy session every week. <laughs> I just love the word elliptigo. It's like, yeah. it sort of says, it sort of summarizes what it is. So nice. <laughs> 
Well, hopefully I get it and then you will get your video. So everybody keep, keep, uh, keep tabs on that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take it on a break. And when we come back, we have a voicemail from a listener. If We Were Riding is a live feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook, or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic? Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Hey, super interested to hear a listener bring up the fairness of vaccine rollout since that's been something weighing on my mind as well. I get it. I had mounting anxiety watching this flood of vaccination selfies come into my social media feed too. On the one hand, I really did want to celebrate the relief and joy, you know, for those who have achieved a meaningful move away from the danger of COVID. And also, I appreciate the symbolism of solidarity. I mean, think about all the I voted selfies during election time, except this time, the civic duty that's performed is casting a vote for public health, right? But I also felt a pang of envy and an impulse to question each person's credentials. I had to catch myself there and remember that every state's in a different phase of their rollout with different qualification standards. You can't tell just by looking at someone if they have a health condition that they've opted to keep private or if they live with someone who's high risk or maybe you didn't know they volunteer in a medical setting or maybe they have a side job at Instacart. I guess the bottom line is that short of giving every single person the shot at the exact same time, it's fundamentally impossible to be 100% fair in this process. I think about fairness a lot since I work with kids and I get an earful on a daily basis about everything that's unfair. And part of what makes achieving fairness so impossible is that every child has their own personal definition of what fair means. Likewise, the definition of essential is comparably nuanced and there's no way we'll all agree on that massive gray area of essential-ish jobs. Essential during a strict two-week lockdown is different from essential during double-digit months of coping with life in a pandemic. I teach water safety to children, and I know a lot of parents who consider drowning prevention to be essential. Can we pause swim lessons for a few weeks? Of course. Should we delay water safety indefinitely during critical years of a child's development? I mean, how do you even weigh potential risk for drowning against potential risk of COVID? Where I live, we're now a week into our fourth phase, and I grappled with the word wording of our state's description of childcare workers. I'm not a school employee and I'm not a daycare employee, but my job is impossible without physical contact. I mean, these kids can't even touch the bottom of the pool. And on top of that, I get a point blank range sneeze to the face like multiple times a week. Ultimately, I stopped worrying about whether or not I was essential and to whom, and I considered this. Given that not having a job isn't an option for me, I realized that if I did contract COVID, 
someone's child would inevitably end up in my window of exposure. And children can't get the vaccine. So it's on us adults to do everything in our power to not let this thing get near them. Anyway, all this to say, I had to jump through a lot of hoops, but I did get my first shot today, even if some people think that I shouldn't have. Oh, yes. Thank you for that voicemail. Uh, You know, definitely illustrates that kids are disgusting and they sneeze directly into your face and don't even care about it. Sneezing at point blank. What was it? Point blank range. (laughs) But yeah. If you are working one-on-one with kids, I would argue that that's that's high risk. Um, But also some really, really great points about just not making assumptions. But I think the take-home point over everything is the goal for us as, you know, a country, as a world is to get to herd immunity so we can get back to things being normal. And you know, how we get there, it's going to be interesting, but I would rather people get vaccines and maybe jump the queue a bit than not get vaccines. <laughs> I think like all of our American friends who are listening, which I think a huge portion of our audience are American, can take solace in the fact that as a Canadian, I'm going to be waiting longer than you. <laughs> like, yeah. I will be, I will be here at home waiting. So you can just, you know, if you're frustrated about it, just think of me and go, at least I'm not Sarah sitting in her condo in, in Canada. So Sarah, I scheduled my first vaccine. Oh, yay. I know. It's on the 13th. Uh, my state of New Hampshire opened up to, uh, if you're over 30, uh, you could sign up today on the 31st of March. And the, I woke up at 6 a.m., Got mine all set up to go on the 13th. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Like, I I feel a little weird about it because exactly what you said, like knowing that it's not always rational, the how we're rolling things out. um, I'll be feeling a little eh about you not having one. Um, But it is what it is. And yeah, it's it's just one of those times where we sort of, I feel like, to be a responsible human you just have to sort of play ball with whatever is yeah happening like be a team member on yeah. whatever's decided by your team captain right and that's how it is um so i'm okay with that yeah so all right well thank you for listening to another fabulous week of if we're writing and hopefully if you've had a vaccine you know we're pretty we're pretty psyched for you if you haven't be patient like sarah and your day will come. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We reaching the top. We reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We